Tools is brought to you by EXO Auto Works. EXO Auto Works is Colorado Springs' home of the $30 synthetic blend oil change. Call now, 719-375-3232, or visit exoautoworks.com to make your appointment. Enharmonic Studios. Enharmonic Studios is a hybrid digital analog facility designed to be quality and affordable to anyone who wants to make history. Call today, 719-963-2020, or go to facebook.com slash enharmonicstudios. Madrid Maintenance. Madrid Maintenance offers excellent handyman services in the Colorado Springs area, starting at just $35 an hour. You can reach them by phone at 719-634-2020 or online at facebook.com slash madridmaintenance. Trevor's Beard is brought to you by The Beard Struggle. The Beard Struggle is my go-to for beard hygiene and styling products, so you should click the link below and use the code T-L-A-N-E-1-5, that's T-Lane-1-5, for 15% off From EXO Auto Works. Streaming all over the world. It's your weekly dose of toxic masculinity. With Eric Madrid. And Trevor Lane. It's mass. I'd like to thank Karen for the awesome intro. Robo Karen? Yes. Yes. What's up, everybody? It's uh, time for some more man tools. It is that uh, time of the week where you evacuate your bowels and uh, listen to our show. It's just how it works. Uh, speaking of working, if anyone knows why uh, keyboards don't want to work on a Mac, give us a holler. Yeah. <laughs> swing by EXO Auto Works and fix our uh, both keyboards don't work well they do but then they don't and then they do and then they don't speaking of not working there's a whole lot of people who don't want to work right now there sure are there's a whole <laughs> lot of people who are pulling a man tools keyboard and just like eh, i'll do it for a minute ah no just kidding i don't want to do it eh, all right i'll work for a minute all right i don't want to work I also love this whole thing where people are, I did see a meme I thought was funny, then I realized it's not because I've owned businesses and been a part of, you know, the other side of the deal. It was like, uh, 45 to start, 80, 80 later, I'll start later. <laughs> I chuckled. I thought, oh, that's cute. Yeah, well, I'll just start later. And then I'm like... Unless you were massively qualified for this job. That don't fly. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to just get, jump in at the top top end. Um, the current situation I'm in, I thought, yeah, yeah I, I've got a handle on this. I There is so much minutia in the way that things are run at the, you know, the, the in-house, I guess you'd call it. I wish there were a training manual. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I, legitimately went and sat with the office girl the other day. I'm like, all right, so what is your job? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, just tell me what your job is. 
well, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. I'm like, cool. So how do you interact with people in my position? Well, you guys do this, and you're with me, and you, I was like, cool. I got more training out of that, out of how to get some shit done with the office girls. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, you know, if you want to know how the real, how everything works, you go to the, the people who are, you know, actually running the show. You don't go to the boss and be like, hey, man, tell me what to do. Show me how to do this. You don't do that. Yeah. You go to Radar O'Reilly because he's, right. he, he <laughs> he's, running, he's running the show. So, yeah, I went to the clerks and asked them how everything works for reals. They set me up pretty well, I, I think, hopefully. Sorry, I'm still overcoming oh, I know. a technical issue. I'm uh, uh our as Eric kind of alluded to, our keyboard just stopped working. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Any keyboard. Any keyboard. We <laughs> have two here. USB port doesn't work. Doesn't and work. We don't know why. The my, the other devices that are plugged in via USB work just fine. Mm -hmm. Just not the keyboards. Just not the keyboard. Which is truly bizarre. Yep. So they might randomly start working again. Oh, there's our guest. By the way, folks, we have a guest here on Man Tools tonight. Yeah, pop him up. Hello, hello. Oh. How we doing? There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, Cameron Harmon. Uh, author of uh, Caveman to Philosopher and host of the Hermit Radio Podcast. Welcome to Man Tools. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I feel real bad because Trevor ambushes me with our guests, but he because he, <laughs> he thinks it's fun, so he's like he doesn't give me any heads up on 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 anything. So I'm gonna be the worst interviewer ever. No worries, <laughs> no worries. He's gotta he's gotta put your name up on the screen. Like that's how that that is how prepared he lets me be. <laughs> It's a lot Understood. of fun though, because uh, I'm not gonna lie, um, we had a guest on. Did he ambush me the same way? And it was uh, Doctor Alan Snyder. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've listened to every podcast he's ever done. So you're probably gonna get another one of those because I drive a lot. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Understood. super stoked to have a new podcast to listen to. Yeah, I was listening a little bit on the way over, um, and you were. It's your latest episode that I was listening to where you're talking about your coworkers getting into the argument about the difference between uh, what Jesus says and what's in the Bible. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. that, used to be, that was my second favorite bar fight. 100%. It's, it's not an easy thing for people to talk about, and I respect that, but I'm in a place in my life where um, I think we should have conversations, whether they're difficult or not. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. And if we don't acknowledge that, if we don't acknowledge that we have to have hard conversations, like how could we ever do anything more than have a conversation about Jesus and the Bible? Right. Yeah. I've, I've always learned like from my parents was, uh, you argue, argue for understanding, you know, mm. the moment like that, that you're, you, you've been proven wrong. You raise your hand. You're like, my bad. I fucked up. Okay. I've seen the light as it were. You uh, right. You concede, and because realist, and I've had relationships go six ways from sideways because they just want to argue to be right, and I'm like, no, no, well, no, argue with you know, or not argue at all. I'm like, well, 
don't just say you're right, you're right, you're always right, and just storm out of the room. Right. Let's, yeah. Let, maybe I'm wrong, but no, you're I, right. You're right. <laughs> this is what I say to people: Do you want to be right, or do you want to be free? Mm. Because there's two realities: you fight and you argue, which is what's causing your pain. Because nobody outside of you makes you angry. Nobody outside of you causes your suffering. You are the source of all of it. So it's up to you. Do you want to be free or do you want to be right? I want both. I want the cake <laughs> and eat it too. <laughs> Understood, yes. Well, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there, though. You, you said there's two realities, and I've, I've known some people with what we would call multi-personality disorder. They've got a whole <laughs> bunch of realities, and it just varies from day to day right. if they've had a sandwich or not. You know, it's... <laughs> It's a tr- it, fact, especially especially today. Oh, especially especially today, uh, we we dove into some TikTok videos last week that are still burning my brain about people's reality of and how they feel like they want to be treated and how they feel like they will treat everyone else. Which, uh, uh, sorry, it, it was bizarre. It's still burning in my brain. Well, what I talk about in my book is um, there's a chapter where I talk about the ego, right? And for some people, they hear ego and they think, oh, well, that's you know somebody who's egotistical. And yes, that is part of it. But what I'm talking about is more from the Eastern philosophy stance, which is that we, when we're born, we are like a sponge and we are soaking up everything that is around us, from the people around us to the society around us, all of it. What we should be learning about ourselves is that we are like onions and we have layers to us, but those layers are imaginary. They're things that we've built up to protect us, to help us survive, to help us get um, you know, further in life, but they're just pretend. And that's why people are unhappy is because they don't realize that it's pretend and they want it to be something more meaningful, right? Like this is why like, you know, you become famous and rich, right? But then it's never good enough. You want more. It's because those things are not what make you happy. You make you happy. But always trying to attain something else, trying to continue to push further and further, it's not going to bring you any closer to happiness. Only you can do that. But especially in the West, we have big personalities because we like to think that the whole universe revolves around us individually and we are somehow separate from everybody else around us. But the case is that everything around us revolves on each other to survive and we just we're the ones right because we think we have this thing we have consciousness and that's what's creating the problem we don't realize that consciousness between you me and the other person is really the same I like that you said onion uh, I, I put on my dating profile a very long time ago when I tried one of those out I said I'm, I'm like an artichoke I'm prickly and bitter but I have a good heart <laughs> that's great it worked um did you ever watch a show called red dwarf i have not right. seen that. um from a philosophical standpoint definitely watch it so science fiction comedy started in the 80s ran still running off and on um, with seasons and specials and whatever, but one of the premises uh, the human race is extinct because the ship had a, a, a radiation malfunction, and protocol was to fly out of the solar system to get away from the the 
the traffic of people and until the radiation went to a safe level. Well, it was three million years later, and the ship's cat evolved into Felis Sapien, and there's a guy that was stuck in stasis, and he's kind of the, uh, I don't know, he's pretty much... De facto new king, captain. De facto new king. <laughs> he's a king derelict. Yada, 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 all right. But the cat, they call him the cat. He has all of the traits of what you what we would consider like a domesticated house cat. Like he walks around and he's mm. he's preening himself and he's he's like fixing his suit as he's walking around and he's very you know egocentric and they have this argument about how we're all connected and this that, and the other and the cat says no nah, man the world does not revolve around you it revolves around me anything that ever cool happened to me happened to me while I was there <laughs> <laughs> if I bite into food food has no taste until I bite into it it's like. You're like, wow, wow. Uh, That's it, it's it's it, it's a bizarre logic, and to some point, it's true. And I, and I I feel like, and yeah, you can't argue with that statement because it's quant, you know, qualitative. You have to get to that point at some part in your life where the world does revolve around you. Because if you do, and you get to that point, then you can start making um, effective changes to your world, your reality, your family, your tribe, whatever it is. Um, it's a it's a weird, I don't know, call it old man logic. Like, I've been around the block enough times to know that, you know, this seems to work. That's not to say that you have a conflated... Uh, value in society where you're just like the world revolves around me and he'll piss on you blah 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 no 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 no. everything that ever good happened to you while you were there so make good shit happen and do more shit and do more that's man tools in a nutshell do more stuff do more stuff I mean you're not wrong you are the center of your universe and I am the center of my universe. It's when we don't appreciate that in everyone else that I believe that there can be sources of problems. But you said one thing that was so perfect, and that is the root essence of everything that I teach. Um, you have to hit rock bottom to be able to become self-realized. That's what happened to me. After being a combat veteran and then doing all the steroids in the world and throwing chairs and garbage cans and anger and losing my mind, it just it took me getting to that point to ask myself, why am I so angry all the time? Why am I doing these things? And then again, the, to the onion reference, right? I started peeling back my layers and it started to make me lighter, right? Like as the layers came off, I started to become lighter because I realized that these were things that I was doing to myself. But you don't know until you know. Yeah. It's, what, do, what, do I, what do I always tell people? It's not, it's not your knowledge, it's your mileage. You gotta, yeah. you gotta have mileage. Like I know people who are overly qualified for jobs and they're uh, super smart, um, but I'm not going to hand them a power tool until I'm like, no, nah, man, you need a little bit more money. You, <laughs> you need to understand how this works before I let you just you know, tear after the house with a saw or something. Like, 
there, there's more to it than just understanding this. There needs to be mileage of why this is, why you know. You can read it out of a book, but I don't know. Nothing, nothing beats mileage. Mm-hmm. Experience, yeah. Experience is the best teaching. And we ride motorcycles, so it's always, you know, I kin it to the my, mileage. Like, look at new dude comes rolling up and hanging out with us. So I'm like, you know, it's cool, man. Whatever. I look over at his, you know, odometer. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about riding in a pack with him. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know, man. You're just, you get in the back. Watch. Pay attention. Put some mileage on that thing with a, you know, riding with a group or handling a power tool. I don't care. Whatever it is. Except podcasting, because apparently we're we can do whatever you the hell we want now. We just jump. We're new to podcasting, right, Trevor? Yeah, we've only been doing it for like three years, but oh, yeah. yeah, we're brand new. We like to take pokes at our uh, streaming hosts, and people who you know put out podcasts and deny us our podcast. We just take pot shots <laughs> at them all the time. Um. Anyways, um, that was something else you said. Now I got all mileaged out I don't know what no oh um the rock bottom thing and I there are plenty of there are plenty of ways to get down there some people you know it's drugs some people it's uh religion whatever and I think in most of those cases or and I can only speak from experience because I've never Honestly, Trevor and I have a pact. We've never done drugs. Like, we've known each other for, like, 27 years or something stupid, like, almost 30 years. And we've never done drugs. We're going to do them when we're old and decrepit. Yeah, when when our bodies are already garbage anyway. Yep. When our bodies are just (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to do all of the drugs. It's going to be a hell of a week. You guys should do mushrooms, for sure. Oh, yeah, we're going to do all of them. Like, and then take notes and be like Mortimer and, and what's his nuts, the old Muppets. Just, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be those dudes. When yeah. we're old. So, <clears throat> I, I, like I said, I can only speak from experience. So, mine was uh, that moment of you, you call it the come to Jesus moment or whatever moment the aha moment was when I realized that I am putting my worth or measuring my worth by the actions of other people. Mm. And that was, so here's, here's a weird, one of many like instances of this. Uh, when I played in, you know, uh, bands and we were on tour and we did the big rock show thing, I'd go buy gear and I'd buy the esoteric weird shit like uh, a Maxon TS9808, you know, distortion box from the 70s and I'd stick it in my pedal board just hoping somebody would come talk to me after the show and just be like, because, you know, that's what gets the girls, right? Or, or the attention, gets, it gets the girls. We were never out to get the girls. We're out, you know, you want the attention. You want that high from being on stage to last after stage and not doing drugs. And that's probably why most musicians do drugs is to keep that high flowing when you're not on stage for 45 minutes twice a week. You know, you can't keep it going all the time. So I would buy gear. Spend a lot of money on a lot of Eleanor's, you know, if you get the reference from Gone in 60 Seconds, yeah. right? Classic. Right, so I had, in the music world, I, I still have a bunch of them, but 
I'm not bragging. I just got used to having them. But I had to have them so that, you know, I'd get attention. And I always said I never got laid from being in a band. It's true. And that's because of the way I went about it. I bought all this gear, this <laughs> stuff to be like, you know, I wanted this attention of somebody, you know. It would just be old dudes that would come up to me with, like, glasses <laughs> and, like, a corduroy jacket that taught fucking substitute English. You know, they had a Subaru with coexist all <laughs> on the back bumper and shit. Patches on the arms. This literally happened. Dude with patches on his arms. Came up to me after this big gig and he's like, So, man, is that a uh, notice on your pedal board? Is that a Maxon TS-808? Or um, <laughs> is that got the actual Maxon circuitry from the 70s? Or is that the reissue? I was like, Bro, that's totally the Maxon 808. <laughs> <laughs> That moment, I realized, Jesus Christ, I don't need to buy gear to have interactions with people. I'm having them already. I have solid relationships. I have new, you know, every town we go to, we perform and we do, in, you know, you do your thing. And, and it's not just about, like, my brain was askew and thought, if I have this piece of gear, somebody will talk to me. Somebody will be interested in what I have to say. And just doing my art. And people actually coming up to me and just saying, that was a really good show. Like, can you sign my tits? I'm like, yes, absolutely. That'd be good. <laughs> nah, I kid. I'm joking. But that was when it all spun around. And I think it was somewhere in Minot, North Dakota. Everything just, just in my brain. And I went, I don't need all this shit. Because a bunch of my shit blew up. And I had to like run through a different rig. And the show was just as great. And just as many people came and said hi and what's up. And oh, man, your singer's awesome, and you you were crazy. Like, you jumped off the stage. That was amazing. What was that song? Oh, it's called Walk on Water. Oh, yeah, you guys were walking on the crowd. Like, yeah, that's, that's the shtick. Like, yeah, that's our thing. It, my whole brain shifted, and ever since then, I've sold off a lot of gear, haven't been acquiring things so that, pe- so that I can have a conversation with another human being. That's just one instance, and that was a huge, huge tangent. Yes, it was. No, it's good. Yeah, it's it's experience. It's it is what we fundamentally need with each other. Like, not. I know that probably sounds woo woo, but like, look, what you know, it's kind of like what I said earlier. Do you want to be right or do you want to be free? And what is being free? Like, wouldn't it be nice to just live this life with like? everybody being cool with each other and not having to worry so much like either a about what other people are thinking or that you're going to mess up and people are going to hate you forever. We just need a little bit more compassion. We just need to have more moments like what you just said, right? Where it's less about things that we buy and do and more about spending time with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, on that note about, you know, everybody being cool with each other. And even if you don't get along and you've had that, thing where it's irreparable you burn that bridge or vice versa just be cool and stay on stay in your own lane like don't go start shit and then them not you know be civil to each other it's happened to us recently so for sure we just want what does anybody want anybody just wants respect and they just want to be heard they want their opinion to feel like it matters right because again when you are the center of your universe you want things to matter. You want you don't want people to hate you. Nobody wants to be hated. 
but somehow we find ourselves in these positions because we're choosing to want to be right instead of wanting to be free. And it's sometimes it's valid, right? Like if you're trying to make a decision where it's going to save somebody's life, that's a little bit different. But then that's where what you said comes into play. Having respect for each other, even if you don't respect their opinion mm-hmm. or their decision. Yep, you just stay in your lane. You be like, <laughs> well, that's that's again the motorcycle uh, analogy. Yeah, there are people that um, are racist pricks, and I have to deal with them in a social, economic sort of way. So it's all business by email and. You stay in your lane, I'll stay over here. Like, I don't want to deal with you socially at all. Like, I get your poli- your politics, whatever you want. Air quotes on the radio? <laughs> yeah. We were on the radio for a long time, so we keep messing with that. Uh, just stay in your lane. I don't need to. We're not going to go barbecuing. We're not going to go do that stuff. But, um, you know, we have to deal with you in some sort of fashion, so we will. That's the other thing. You deal with it. Like you engage people that your your wavelengths connect and you deal with people where they don't. And as long as you can be respectful in both of those interactions, I think your universe and your reality is going to be a lot smoother canoe ride than somebody else's. For sure. I went from extremes. Went from one extreme, which is being in the military and being ready to, you know, potentially kill any person that you meet and be in that mindset all of the time. And so your value, when you're like that, your value of human beings and who they are and what they are, it becomes zero. And you could trade people's lives for the amount of pennies and it becomes that simple. It was very difficult, but then sometimes easy to go from that mindset to then actually caring enough about people to, you know, either have that respect or to give them the space that they need because they don't respect you. It was very challenging, and there were times in my life, um, there's a story in my book uh, where I yell at an old man and tell him to fuck himself because um, he triggered me really hard, and I lost it on him. I was at work, I would just gotten out of the military, and this old guy was you know, waiting for me to help him get on the elevator, but I'm like busy trying to answer the phone, which is like the main priority, and he comes over and he smacks the desk just real hard, and it triggered me. It, I jumped up out of my chair. And he's looking at me, he's like, I need to get on the elevator. And I was like, listen to me, motherfucker. I'm like, if you talk to me like that ever again, I will put you in the hospital. I'm like, if you need to get upstairs, you walk down that hallway and you walk up the stairs. I'm like, you've got perfectly good legs, you take yourself up there. And I lost it. I was just angry. And he left and I never saw him again. And thank God I didn't get fired from that job. But I, I'm pretty, I was pretty sure that that's what was going to happen. But I went from that. That's how I was 90% of the time to having compassion and understanding people, right? Like what did the old guy want? He just wanted to get upstairs. He's old. He's impatient. He didn't know that he was about to trigger some dude with PTSD. He didn't know that. He was just trying to get what he wanted, which is the case in 90% of the time with most people. Yeah, I've gotten to the point to where when – I mean that's – that's very disrespectful to come up, slam your hand on the desk, and treat the desk guy like a piece of shit. Um, quite recently, somebody just lost their shit at work and was just kicking dumpsters and being a dipshit. And my initial instinct was just to go beat his ass and be like, "Stop being a little bitch." <laughs> That's the initial knee-jerk reaction. Is is like, okay, no. I went back there. I'm like, grabbed a cigarette. I was like, "How's it going, buddy? What's up, pal?" 
You alright? You okay, friend? <laughs> Everything groovy? You wanna you 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 want me to get you a hammer? You can take apart that pallet, be productive. Like <laughs> dadded him, right? Like mommed him. And it just went Psh. Yeah. Just deflate. He's he's in your I mean, he's only a year, maybe a year and a half out of the military right now. So I get where like I'm I'm cognizant of where he's at. You know, after having you come out, having all of our buddies come out, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it's been. Now I under, you know, I'm like, all right, this guy's just having a bad day, you know, and he's, he's not adjusted back into like this whole like office sort of situation we're dealing with right now. So I'm like, you want, and I understand the, the, the need to break shit. Like I'm almost 50 and I still want to fuck on the floor and break shit. I just want it. It just is what it is. Like I'm never going to give up the fight. So I get it. So you want to hammer buddy? You want to go bust up that pallet, be productive and break some shit. Let's go break some shit. I grabbed us a couple of hammers and we broke some shit in the alley. Just, I don't know. It, it took it from people in the, in the office being all weirded out to me and him having a good time and actually getting some work done so if you can have that respect and maybe a little like you were saying you know try to understand where somebody else is coming from even for a moment one thing we deal with here on mantles is is, well women being just overreacting a lot and so we try to just like all right hold on we don't ever say calm down. That's a bad no, idea. Never, no, no, no. Never in the history of saying calm down has anybody calmed down from that. <laughs> we say we, we legit, well, I, you know, we get hate mail and stuff. I'll say, all right, well, I understand and I've heard you. I now would, and then without, with being tactful, what do you, what are you really upset about? What are you really mad about? Because all of this was just stuff that just sort of spewed out. But why are you really upset? Like what, what's what's really getting you all all mad right now? You know, at the client I had a couple of weeks ago that was bitching me out on Facebook about some shit that happened three years ago and losing her goddamn mind and these huge ass letters on Facebook. And I was like, <sighs> first reaction was, well, I have both estimates and you didn't want to pay for the big one <laughs> that was going to fix your problem. I, here's the one you did pay for, and here's everything itemized. So what's the problem? Oh, it also says on the bottom of this that it's this, is, gonna fix the this is mitigation, <laughs> and in a year or two, you I highly suggest you do this other thing. So I covered my ass legally on that little part, but then I legit was just like, are you okay? Like I just texted yeah. her back. I'm like, are you okay? Are you safe? That's a good mindset to be, right? Like... It, it takes a certain level of compassion, right? Because the problem is, is honesty. And a lot of us are not good at saying what's really up, right? Like we all know this when you ask somebody, hey, what's wrong? And they say nothing. But you know, you know there's something wrong. And it's because, you know, there's a certain level of pride involved. The ego, like we were talking about eager, you know, the mask that everybody's wearing. That includes when they have conversations with people. And that's something I've learned um, over the last couple of years is that uh, not only do people not want to tell the truth, but they don't want to feel vulnerable. 
and if you, it's like what you were doing, you're talking to the person behind the mask. You're talking to the person that can be vulnerable. And some people react really well to it and others obviously don't. But if we were more honest with each other, if we really just told the straight truth when we talked to each other all the time, then the two things would happen. One, we would be able to trust each other because we would know like, all right, these people are not trying to lie to me. They're, they're giving me the straight juice. The second thing that can happen is that now that you have that, you trust that person, then you know back and forth, you don't have to second guess. You know that that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the same thing and we want the same thing. But that's what's going I mean, think about everything going on in our country right now, right? Over the last couple of years, it's a big pile of not being able to talk to each other. Yeah. There's yeah. so many, there's, there've been so many lines drawn for divisions of, and then you got to pick sides. And I was like, I, I really sucked at that in grade school. I really hated getting picked last. So, uh, not a big fan of what's <laughs> happening right now. Not a big fan. Uh, and there's, again, going back to the onion, there's so many layers that got piled on and, and piled on, uh, without us really knowing or wanting them piled on. Now you got to be, you know, and I'm just joking around. Now you got to be, you know, you got to be a Broncos fan or a Patriots fan right now. You can't right. be one. Or, you can't not be one of them, or you can't be. You have to go hard in the paint for one of these guys. I'm like, why? That's right. Why? I don't. You know. And then you get shit on because you're not, you know, uh, blue and orange. Is that Broncos? That is. Okay, Broncos. cool. Yes. I got it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> what are the Patriots colors? Don't know. Red, white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> you're a dick you're such a dick I'm just being honest with you Trevor you're a dick blue like Tom Brady's dreamy eyes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well that, that's been all that's been all thrown at us um, and, and people who are people who are uh, in their 20s are getting shit on because they got lumped into this group called millennials and it yeah. got completely, you know, told that they're completely useless sacks of shit. And I'm like, man, I know guys my age that are useless sacks of shit. I'm like, it's just the same everywhere. Right. Like, I don't, I don't understand the labeling that everything needs to be labeled right now and organized and you need to fit into one of these compartments or else. That's right. Huge. It's be, I firmly believe that most people in our country, I don't want to speak for the world, I'll just say for our country, uh, we all are suffering from mental disorders. We are just now starting to really talk about anxiety and depression, right? Like think about like in the 90s or even the 80s. How often were people talking about their personal anxieties or depression? Hardly ever. No, but now not. everybody acknowledges that they have it to some degree, right? And some people say that this isn't a good thing. People are just being crybabies, right? Like what, whatever that is, we can, we can talk about that. But I think people are just being honest now. And millennials get shit on because they're just being more honest than people ahead of their time. And we're, at, we're in a weird reflection point, you know? Like yeah. this is a weird time to be alive. I think, honestly – I think the millennials are getting shit on with this thing is because they didn't have to go through that as hard as some, you know, like coming out, uh, being gay at, you know, 21 right now, you're 21 years old and right now, nothing like when we were 21 years old, Trevor and, and I. Well, and it's, it's, I find it strange. 
I would think the whole idea of having to come out would have gone away. Yeah, that should like, have that gone away. That seems like that's the point we should be at. Where it but doesn't... like last week, one of the videos we watched, yeah. dude, dude was basically saying that the pendulum is swung the other way, and he's like, "If you don't tell me that you're straight, I just assume that you're uh, gay or trans." Right. It's like, well. You don't want people to assume things about you. Like, well, how does this assumption? How is this assumption okay? Um, But I think the whole. Oh yeah, I think the whole getting millennials getting shit on is is the older generations being a little being little bitches going. Well, we had it tougher. Well, isn't that what you were supposed to do for your kids? (laughs) Make it easier. Just make it easier for them. Like, you know these these. These would That's these right. would be like my kids' age if I had kids at twenty. You know what I mean? Like I'd have a twenty-year-old right now, or twenty-five-year-old, twenty-eight-year-old. Fuck, Jesus. You know, I'd have a kid out of college right now if I had a kid back then. And isn't that what I would want for him or her? Like, yeah, better, easier, faster, cooler. Well, I think that's. I think that's. You're touching on what I think part of the problem is. I think the problem is that. Uh, our, I guess our generation has shot for easier instead of better. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yes. It's not always the same. You don't come out. No, it isn't. Like you were talking about the mileage matters. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so they, yeah. I mean, you do need some of that pressure and fire to, mm-hmm. you know, the crucible. Yep. <laughs> yep, get rid so of So I think there is an element of, of, of maybe maybe that's where you know parents of that generation may have missed the mark a little bit. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's a fair point. What do you think, buddy? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I talk. I do talk about this often too on my podcast. Um, I'm also a history major in school right now. And one thing that I learned through going back and doing and learning more about history is I've seen where, at least in America, I've seen where things have kind of gone awry. And that's when we first started building cities, right? So we had migrants coming over here and we, they were basically living three or four to like a really small square room. And all of their money basically went into just paying for this small square room and they didn't have beds. They didn't have nothing. And that's traumatizing, right? So, like, this is an argument I had with my grandfather, who was a Vietnam vet and, you know, macho guy. He's like, well, that just makes people tough. And I'm like, yeah, you know, yes. But there's a certain level of toughness that is necessary and also unnecessary. I'm like, you, you know, the way he raised my dad would be considered probably child abuse to typical standards today. Right. And then now you take my dad who raised me in a similar fashion, but it's watered down. It's not quite what that was, but it's in a similar fashion. So I came out in a similar way. Now, I compare that to being in the military. When you're in the military, you can't be raised to be soft. Right. Especially if you're infantry and you're being trained to kill people. There's no softness involved there. You can't do that. You can't pamper people if you want to treat them like if you want them to be trained for this thing. So what happens is we develop that same ego I was talking about. That becomes us, right? The trained G.I. Joe, that becomes our identity and our facade. But then when you get out, it runs out. You stop practicing. You stop doing that over and over again. And then, you know, you either fight fight, or you fly. You either keep doing what you're doing or you you change it. You do something else. And for a lot of people, they don't change. They just keep trying to do the same thing, right? They keep trying to live the same mentality. 
that we had 50 years ago, right? And that's why this older generation, the ones that are upset or disgruntled, it's because they think that they should have it hard too because they had it hard. But you said the perfect thing. You said that we, they should have been making it better for us, and they have. But that's not what – really, that's not what it's about. But what it's about is they didn't have it as hard, and so I'm mad about it. Yep. Then, then the 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 other side of the ego happens, and it's like, well, you're not you're not going to amount to anything like I did, and blah blah blah. Well, it's kind of like there's a right. there's a meme that I always get a kick out of when I see, um, <clears throat> where it's like a boomer going, when I was your age, <laughs> right, <laughs> with a single income, I could buy a house buy a car and he goes through all these things that he had done mm -hmm. and it's like what's your problem and it's like well <laughs> when you finished you know if you even had to have a college education number one to do the job you did which is becoming you know that's a harder thing to do is to, to do something without college degrees mm -hmm. uh, so you likely weren't going into the workforce in debt <laughs> number two houses cost Twenty, thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> I remember, my, like, my folks had a really nice house, and I remember them mentioning that they paid like sixty thousand for it back in the early eighties, right? Um, that's unheard of. You couldn't get. I don't think you could buy a Dude, one. You can't get a fucking for Kia for sixty thousand dollars right now. <laughs> that's a shitty car. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Times have changed. Uh, we could go be in the history buff. Like you, you can look at a lot of the stuff uh, post World War II, where the thin end of the yes. wedge started for all of this to happen. Um, uh, again, when we lost our gold standard uh, with yes. our, uh, you know, with our. Uh, currency situation well, some of that even happened in world war ii i mean uh roosevelt was seizing gold from private owners yeah you know it became illegal for a while to own any gold <laughs> jesus that's crazy. you know what yeah, i mean i do <clears throat> and then old tater you know i mean we think this guy was you know whatever i give jimmy carter a bunch of shit but he screwed up Builds houses now for people dead for a while, like Habitat for Humanity shit. But I got really screwed up. Uh, Bill Clinton hosed us. Well, look, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I yeah. tend to agree with uh, Joe Rogan. To be honest, the idea of the president is an idea that should that whose time should pass. Yes. Like the idea of one person doing all that is fucking bananas. <laughs> what? It, it doesn't work anymore. No. It's not it, – and on, honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, when was the last time it did work, right? Reagan. JFK. Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. Reagan had some good shit going on. Teddy I mean, Roosevelt. And then, yeah, but see, we're, we're like hopping. We're just, we just keep like – it's yes. like it's fucked. It, it worked. It worked. It worked. It got weird. It got, I mean, Chester A. Arthur pretty much fucked this country up too, but we won't get into that. Um I'm a huge fan of just history, and I'm having a hard time with uh, the revisionist history that's happening right now. Yeah, We're taking things that happen out, and then I mean, obviously, history is written by the victor. I mean, we that's already right. know this, so 
we already took history before with a grain of salt, but at least I think to some degree we had enough checks and balances with like people with uh, scruples in the media to some degree in the 60s and 70s that reported things right. And then Encyclopedia Britannica had a real hard on to get things, you know, fact check, like truly fact check. And now we have this thing called fact checking that it's, if you disagree with it's not really fact check. No, if you if legitimately and literally, and I'm using this properly, literally said, if you say things counter to the WHO, then we're gonna pull your fucking shit yeah, off we YouTube. Had, our last episode we talked about <laughs> vaccinating children and it the conversation went contrary to what the World Health Organization uh, their opinion is, so it got pulled. Yeah. It was like what <laughs> Like it's how about John Cena apologizing to China? Oh yeah, what? Yeah, did I miss this? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's crazy. I forget what he was, what it was for, but yeah, he learned enough he Mandarin said, um, to say his apology. He called Taiwan a country. That's right. He called Taiwan a country. That just so they were the... gonna they were gonna pull some WWE movie or movie that he was in. Because, Why? Because, because he said Taiwan's he... a country. So he made him a so 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 he had to go. And he learned enough Chinese to say, I'm so sorry. I understand that China is actually the sovereign power. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Potato. <laughs> and then even even more recently, um, <laughs> even, even more recently, um, um, LeBron James uh. was groveling to China to make sure that uh, the new Space Jam movie would get shown in theaters there, and they still went and pulled it for some reason. I'm not even sure why. I don't think there was anything even as blatant as calling Taiwan a country. I mean, it's a movie for kids in basketball. <laughs> yeah, it has imperialistic, you know, ideologies, whatever. <laughs> I, I just think it's... I, I, find, I find this whole ideology, again, those boxes, those things where we got to be, well, I'm a... This is oh God. I have too many too many topics on this. My granddad and I had this talk one time. We're listening to Extreme. I don't know if you know that band, uh, but they had a song called "Peacemaker Die." If you haven't heard it, check it out. If you're into rock and roll, like it's '80s rock. Okay. It's, Extreme was badass. Uh, the Martin Luther King "I Had a Dream" speech comes on. And my grandpa, he hears that, and he's all, you know that Martin Luther King fella? And he does the whole, like, look over his shoulder thing. (laughs) So I'm ready for the the black speech, right? I'm ready. I'm like, all right, old man, you're going to think you're going to turn me into, you know. He goes, one of these days they're going to find out he was a commie. I got the red speech, and I fucking laughed. I laughed at him. I yeah. laughed at the old man, and I was like, I laughed because I thought I was going to get the racist, you know, shit. He no, and then I realized he lost two brothers in Korea. The Red Horde was a, a real thing when he was a child, you know, a young man in middle school in the fifty, just at a high school in fifty one, fifty two, fifty three. My mom was born in fifty six, I think, fifty seven. So, yeah, I was like, oh, my. and I had that, you know, I was like, oh, I thought about it. I'm like, well, we don't really think about McCarthyism and the Red Horde coming to get us in our sleep right now. And I said, all that tongue-in-cheek people, 
like I'm quoting from old propaganda on that one because at 15 I thought that was fucking hilarious I was like wait we don't think about that shit anymore why and then I realized he was indoctrined as a young man yeah exactly and that shit went away in a couple of decades and I'm thinking I got me thinking years later I'm like why can't all this other shit just go away in a couple of decades you know why? Why can't uh, all of it go away? Well, I think I think you brought up something interesting. It begins to beg the question you mentioned: the old school news people were they really telling the truth? Or oh no no, like how much of it was no, it, no, no. was a was oh, a no. you know I'm saying there was there was some clearly integrity. an element there was clearly an element of oh, there's slam. commies hang, hiding behind every mm-hmm. you know. Every bush. Right. <laughs> Level of brainwashing. Did you guys ever see the movie Dr. Strangelove? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in my history class, I had to write a paper on it, and I it was beautiful, magnificent paper, um, basically comparing that movie to the Cold War, and I did it in five stages, and I, I talked about like the Cuban Missile Crisis, nuclear weapons, and the Red Scare. And if you watch that movie, I watched it for the first time last year. So it was mind-blowing to me to watch that movie because it's supposed to be a comedy, but to me, that movie was terrifying. Yeah. Like, literally everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and these crazy assholes are sending nukes over into con- – you know what yep. I mean? Like, some rogue general did that, and oh, people are like, yeah, haha, it's supposed to be funny, and I'm like, bro, this isn't funny. funny. Like, that actually could have oh. happened, and like – the level of paranoia, right? Like the dude straight up thinks that the commies are putting fluoride in the water and like that was his, you know, whole thing. And I just like to me it wasn't funny. It was a reality. And that's what I wrote the paper on was like this is not funny. This is reality. And that's where people thought back then. Well, it, it, I don't know. You may have gotten into this in your in your research and writing, but there was a guy in Russia um Obviously, just like us, they have systems to detect if missiles have been launched. Well, a glitch made it seem like there were a bunch of missiles coming from us to them. Now, his orders were, you push the button to shoot back. He luckily disobeyed those orders and actually like troubleshot the computer for a second and realized, oh no, it's a glitch, it's not really happening. But until, until communism actually fell... He was he wasn't court martialed or anything because they had to recognize that like he yeah. <laughs> avoided nuclear war, but God. they treated him like a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Like they, uh, he certainly wasn't looked at like the hero that he really <laughs> should have been because to them it was like no you disobeyed the order, the order is push the button, and he's like yeah but they weren't real yeah but the order is you see stuff on the screen you push the button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one person power, <laughs> right? You know. <laughs> Uh, what is what 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 is that? That's the um, God. that movie with Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington. That's basically the premise of that movie. Oh, uh, Crimson Tide. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, good one. Yeah. yeah. Where he's yeah, Gene Hackman is just ready to push the button. Yep. Then his XO isn't. Uh, was another horror film. Just just blood curdling horror film. Oh yeah, Idiocracy. <laughs> If you haven't seen that one, that's one to watch. I think your water can killed the connection. Did it? I don't know. Did we lose you? 
No, no, I'm oh, sorry. Okay. All right. Yeah, Idiocracy. Oh, okay. It's a Mike Judge joint. <laughs> yeah. The it's, guy who or uh, the guy who brought you Beavis and Butthead just lays down some serious scary reality. Classic. How about uh Hunt for Red October? Yep. Any of his stuff is good. Um the new Jack Ryan series on point. Super on point. Really enjoying that. So, I've read that guy's stuff, Clancy's stuff since I was a kid. Um, what was the other one I was going to tell? Oh, you need to read and watch 1984 because John Hurt is one of the greatest actors of all time. Definitely, and uh, I love it. Um, and that that like people joke about that right now, but people really should take that seriously. Um, there are jokes in old 70s sitcoms on the BBC about this smacks very much of George Orwell, and they work it into like yeah. stuff. It it was happening then, so. We uh we recently did on our Patreon, well yeah. recently, like last month, did uh, every once in a while we do man tools at the movies and we'll watch and comment on a movie because on Patreon since it's behind a paywall you don't get hit for the copyright stuff. Um, right. But um, watching 1984, the big thing that like struck me was the ever-present screens. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. back then his visualization was it was on the wall. On the wall. But what we have is, is we just carry the screen around. Yeah, no, it's even worse. <laughs> I uh, one of the guys that worked with me, um, very much in like your your whole situation, uh, served and came back and making a new life and getting after it, you know, doing his thing. Um, never seen it, and we're in the work truck one day, and I'm like, oh man, this is so Orwellian. It's bizarre. And I was talking about the double speak and the, the you know, all that. And he's like, he's like, what? I don't know. You know. I'm like, all right, bro. I bought you the book. Now go watch the movie. And then he didn't. <laughs> and then Trevor ambushed him with it. So he got. He calls me the next the next day after he watched that with you. He's like, what the fuck, dude? That's all happening. I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. When did that guy write that? Like before Massive Electronics were yeah. around. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Yeah, bro. That's. Yeah, so I, think, had, I think his fear was, and it's not quite wrong. Television was going to become that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> what? And then we had the joke: Are we going to Eurasia or <laughs> East which, Asia? East Asia, or we, we've we had, always been at war with East Asia because we yeah. we had two jobs that were huge. One was one deck job, and one was another deck job, and we split duties between the two clients. And, yeah, one was East Asia and one. <laughs> I know, like uh, I'm. I'm glad it made it into his vernacular and into his brain. Good thing I did with my life. Freak that kid out. I feel bad, kind of. Uh, opened his eyes a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I was talking to my dad about uh, the current affair of the world right now, and. I was trying to compare it to, I was like, you know, have you seen The Matrix? And he's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, take away the goofy-ass machines and being in a tub with gel and insert your life. And he was like, okay. And I was like, well, let me ask you this. I was like, if you had a percentage for all of the stuff that you don't want to do versus the stuff you do want to do, what would that look like? Uh And he said, 95-5. in favor of doing things that he doesn't want to do and 5% of his time is what he wants to do. 
And I just looked him dead in the eyes, dude, and I said, that's the Matrix, man. Yep. I'm like, do you, if you only have one life to live, is that really how you want to spend it? If you don't get another shot, this is how you really want to do it. He's like, well, I don't have a choice. And I'm like, again, that's the Matrix, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've never put this on the air yet. I was going to make a YouTube video, but then everybody makes those fucking YouTube videos about <laughs> the Matrix and all that stuff. But they've never mentioned this, ever, ever. And this is exactly what we're talking about right now. How even when you realize you're in the matrix, but you still want to go, you're still kind of stuck and you don't want to change. The scene is where Neo's in the matrix back in for the first time. And he's like, I know that place. It's really good noodles. Like to me, that was like, that was like, like, dude, he, he just wants to go have some noodles and just like get back to his humdrum you know, thing. Well, look at the, I mean... And nobody, the, no one's ever caught that. I think that the, was the uh, most poignant part of the movie. Look at the character that yeah. wants to go back. Oh, yeah. He's like, you'll plug me yeah, back in if I, the if I, you know, I turn on these people. I just want to go back. I want a steak. I, I just want to not know that any of this is what's happening. I want to be an actor. In. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody important, like an actor. When did actors become rock stars? And more to the point, when did politicians become rock stars? Oh my god. This is the I hardest thing for me to deal with right now. Yeah, yeah go me too. this guy it's a... because da 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 I mean at least I can't at least rock stars were known for at first for their talent and then their antics. Well here here's another right. question that's related. When did Rage Against the Machine become Rage with the Machine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's fuck you, do what they tell you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Zach De La Rocha needs to come out of retirement and go do a big festival tour and sell and and, and charge, you know, eight hundred dollars for a ticket. God damn it. Oh my god. What? That's what I mean, the police did that. Uh the Stones have done it, Eagles are doing it, and the guys half of them are dead. It's like you're not even getting the full Eagle experience. Yeah, I actually went and saw a tribute band of the Eagles and the dude from Firefall. They're a local band in Colorado. Go Colorado! Um, the dude from Firefall was in it, in and the singer guitar player, like he was Joe Walsh's part. They were ten times better than the Eagles ever fucking were. Like they're a tribute band. That was like seven bucks for a ticket. It was amazing. Unfortunately, that's becoming more and more the case <laughs> with a lot of bands. <clears throat> I would rather see a Kiss tribute band than I would ever want to see Kiss. I don't want to see Kiss. Maybe, uh, (laughs) Okay, I'm down. Who else? I mean, Johnny's band is amazing. The Zeppelin? Yeah, Yeah. there's a Zeppelin tribute band called Zoso. They're on tour right now, so if they head your way, go check it out. Our buddy Johnny, um, we used to get drunk and watch videos, music videos at his house and steal his guitar magazines. It was a lot of fun. And go to strip clubs with him. It was a lot of fun. That was crazy. Again, rock stars, antics and crazy. We should definitely be like, ah, yeah, rock stars are cool. Politicians, not so much. They need to be held accountable. Not so much. And uh, have a term limit and uh, be held accountable. Did I mention that? The one thing I do love about right now with the politicians is how much dirt they're they're throwing at each other, how much shit they're talking about each other, and it's just like left and right, and I kind of love that because it's like stuff that you don't normally think about or hear about, 
other than right now because they're trying to just shit on each yeah. other and i'm kind of all for that uh, you know the other the other thing that i think is good um and there's not a whole lot good about social media and the internet but you can catch them on their lives mm-hmm. and a lot That's of right. them still have the mentality well you know no one's going to be able to go back and find the tape of me saying this oh bullshit oh, yeah we found it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have four degrees. You did not even graduate. Like that whole thing. The problem yeah. I'm having with it is maybe because it's so much, and maybe because everyone's scandalous right now. Scandals aren't sticking and people aren't being ejected or, or falling on their swords. No. You know, they're not even doing that. I mean, Nixon had to fall on his sword for a bunch of bullshit. That's right. Like, for literally, like, what's now commonplace. Yeah. Like, we, we go do it constantly. Well, and Nixon fucked himself over because he's the one that put all the bugs in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, that seems like child's play now. Because you know they're doing that shit on the regular. Yeah. Like, they got Mug Zuckerberg on the cell phone and they're like, hey, we need this dude's shit. Like, where's the dirt? Send it to me in my email. Well, but then it doesn't stick. Like... Yeah, no, you're right. And how is that possible? That's the one thing that really does confuse me is like we catch people on a regular basis now, mm-hmm. right? We catch people on a regular basis doing the wrong shit. Like the fact – how about Bill Clinton and uh, Epstein? I mean – That dude was been to his island. Or Tom Hanks. Anybody that went and diddled kids needs to get – you know, I have my own personal opinion on that. I'll keep that to myself. But everybody <laughs> knows it. You can all, I hear you. Yeah. Stop. Stop. So, but none of it's sticking. And then we, even in the midst, even in the, and this is probably what it is, we have this massive cancel culture, but it's all, um, it's all Stay puff Marshmallows. It's all powdered donuts. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing with any heat to it. There's no salsa. There's no fire in it. There's nothing to... God, I'm just tangenting here while Trevor's fucking with the screen. Anyway, but there's no meat to it anymore. That's like right. you... If I... Uh, some famous wrestler who has a catch song, like... if I mean, as soon as you said John Cena, I was like... Ba-da-ba-ba-da! Like, I just already <laughs> knew. I already knew the, the music. Such you know, it's iconic in in its own right, and we we should you know look up to him as the rock star of being a wrestler in his you know entertaining way. We shouldn't hold him accountable because he's never read an encyclopedia and he failed. <laughs> <laughs> but a politician should be held accountable, right? If they think Taiwan is a sovereign nation and we're <laughs> going to do a trade deal with them or something. I mean, I think it all started with Sarah Palin, that whole joke of, I can see Russia yeah. from my house. Exactly, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, how about during during the uh, the pre-election stuff, like during the debates, um, Amy Klobuchar, I think she's from Michigan or Minnesota, one of those two, she got called out by one of the other people because she didn't know who the president of Mexico was. And she was trying to, like, blow it off, like, well, there's lots of people in the world, and I don't know all their names. And the other guy that made the comment was like, yeah, but that's the that's the fucking president of Mexico. Like, you should know. You're going to want, you want to be the president of the United States, and you don't even know. Like, that's on our border. Like, that's a, that is a big deal. Like, you don't know the other homies in the club. Like, you, you probably should know them. 
And the fact that I said yeah. homies in the club is probably part of the problem. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, I wouldn't have shit on her too hard. I've, if your name wasn't on the screen right now, I'd probably forgot too, you know? It's just, I'm... <laughs> I'm uh, I could never be a politician. I I subscribe. Have you ever uh, you ever watched any of Henry Rollins' uh, spoken word DVDs? Yes. Do you ever see the? Yeah, I actually met him in person. Yeah, he's a neat guy. Yeah, I met him at the Y. Uh, I he'll probably if he ever heard this he'd kill me. But he's a lot smaller than oh, he is on TV. Right? Okay, yeah. so yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, we I used to play in bands. Um, at one point, Ian, Ian Mackay and Jello Biafa and Henry were all at this festival we were playing at, and he watched our band play and all this stuff, and I talked to, to Henry about something else, but then I talked to Ian from, uh, uh, what, what was his band, Husker Du? Maybe. No. I'm sorry, Trevor's messing with my brain. Um, I talked to Jello Biafa, and he was like, I was like, what do you think of our band? He's like, that fucking sucked. I was like, thanks, buddy. Okay, see you later. <laughs> Coming from a punk rock icon, I was like, that's the greatest compliment ever. <laughs> but no, Hank's, Hank's, Hank's a sawed-off little firecracker. But his whole thing about being president, do you ever see that one? No, no. Okay, uh, not this is all Henry Rollins, people. He said he'd be president for three days. Because he would just he'd go after a bunch of hate groups and he would be killed inside three days. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he he said he'd get the the kisses pyrotechnic team. He'd get uh you know uh, James Brown's backup band, and every time he entered a room, he'd be like, "It's your president." <laughs> That's ba -ba -ba -ba. Yes. And then go watch that one. I'm not going to ruin it, but he he completely deconstructs one of the United States' less swarthy and not as intimidating hate groups, but it's still around. Got it. So funny. <laughs> Enjoy. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to have to look That's that up. That's a good one. Uh, you got the camera fixed, buddy? Not the right camera. The left camera? Dude, what in the McFuck is happening to all of our stuff? Well, I unplugged that thing trying to mess with the... Uh... It's because we were talking about China, dude. We oh, pissed I know. Off China. Dude, we... Dude, we... I'm just going to say this, bro. We pissed off Cheryl Crow once super bad. Oh, and something beat. <laughs> <laughs> oh we're God. sorry, Cheryl. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. We started talking shit about Cheryl Crow, and the whole podcast fucking collapsed. The whole thing. Oh, no. The whole thing just went down in flames. It's because she's working with China, obviously. China, yeah. Who else killed it? Oh, Taylor Swift. But that was because of her... That was a copyright thing. <laughs> that was a copyright thing. That was just YouTube. I'm not afraid of Taylor Swift. <laughs> Fucking scared of Cheryl Crow. We're sorry, Miss Crow. <laughs> Any woman who can emasculate a man with no balls is fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> dink dink. Uh, I think we're getting in trouble. I don't know what's thinking at me. I don't know. We're in trouble. All right, man. Uh, we're creeping on nine o'clock. We got a little bit of show left. Let's um, let's do this again because that was a lot of fun. I need you to tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so you can find my podcast anywhere. Uh, it's hermit underscore radio. Uh, and I talk about philosophy, religion, spirituality. It's mainly for self-development. And then uh, if you're interested in my book that I just published, it's called Caveman to Philosopher. And you can get that from me. Um, I'm giving them away for free because I just want to help people. And if you would like a copy, uh, email me at hermitradio at gmail.com, and I will make sure to get you a copy. Awesome. We'll definitely put those links in uh, the lengthy description. Awesome yes, tool stuff. <laughs> uh, also, if you are at all interested in doing audiobooks uh, for that book and doing ACX Standard, please contact Enharmonic Studios. They're a sponsor here. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> We've done. Uh, we they have done many audiobooks, and uh, we're going to have one of the guests on um, here in like a month. Yep. Okay. Talking about how he got his audiobook uh, empire going, because that's where everything's running to. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody likes to read an actual book. Anymore. Well, and it's yeah, that's true. We have the 80-20 rule on man tools, so you know, anytime you say nobody, we always have that 80-20 caveat. Good always. Point. Um, <laughs> Good point. I love, I love the smell of books. I love opening a CD or a vinyl and looking at the album jacket. Um, mm. But by and large, I drive, what, 60 hours a week or something stupid, so I entertain myself and uh, educate myself through the world of audio. Uh, be it books or podcasts or whatever. So I will be listening. You'll see a whole bunch of uh, uh, where's your podcast located? So you can, I, I do it from Anchor, but you can find it anywhere. It's on Spotify, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, yep. Google Podcasts, all of it. So yeah, if you just, well, as um, of, sometimes though, as of tomorrow, you're just going to see play, 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 play. Because <laughs> I'm just going to binge you, that I appreciate one. It. I'm going to binge that one, I promise. Uh, it's a long drive to Boulder and back tomorrow. Blah. Oh, okay, sick. Yeah, I'll actually be in Colorado uh, next week. Seriously, which part? So we're going to be going to a couple different places. We'll be in Denver, I believe. We're going to Golden, and we may be going to Boulder too. Well, um, yeah, get with us. Uh, I work up there for the day gig. And, okay. Um, yeah, we'll do lunch. I'll email yeah, you. Yeah, we'll do lunch. You know, we'll have, we'll have coffee and talk. It's a no, big, no big whoop. It'll be a thing. You bring the stromboli. Um, is is this your first trip to Colorado? No. Uh, my wife and I, we, we love going to Colorado. We, we take trips there probably annually, I would say. I mean, the last couple of years we've been together, we've, we've made a trip every year. Okay. Well, cool. you want a little, yeah, Colorado Springs is pretty awesome. It's hard to drive around it on your own, but it's pretty awesome. Now with the the, the ways or something, ways or something it makes it a lot easier. So our streets were built by people who were like, "Dude, Fair hand enough. me a crayon." <laughs> and that was our city engineers. So uh, yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, ping us. Um, we'll chat about the audiobook stuff. Yeah, uh, if if I do run into you guys, I'll bring you a couple copies of the book. To okay, be amazing. Cool. That would be amazing. Yeah, we'll get uh, one for each of us signed, please, and then we'll give one away as a, a Patreon gift to somebody. Absolutely. That would be awesome. I know somebody somewhere would like it. Yeah. Well, excellent, excellent, my friend. Uh, ping us next week. 
shoot us an email. We'll uh, we'll see if the um, you know the stars align and all that jazz. Thank you again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, everybody. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, man. Come on, Trevor. Buttons aren't toys. You're right. They're not. Uh, Which brings us to the middle of our show. A terrible angle. No, that's great. Uh, throw that, throw that script up, and <clears throat> see if I can do it. Uh, well, first. First. Firstly. Here, I'll let you. I'll let you. Do yeah. I want to. Oh no! I, I was trying to do it from over there because I'm not old. God damn it! No, put it back. I can do it, Trevor. I can do yeah. it. Can you? Can you see it? Barely. We'd like to bring you to the middle of our show. That was the post-guest part. And uh, as always, Man Tools is brought to you by our friends at EXO Auto Works here in Colorado Springs, home of the $30 synthetic blend oil change. EXO knows that finding the problem is the first step to getting your car right, which is why EXO Auto Works provides diagnostics at no charge in most cases. They also do fleet services. Fluid services, repair services, and much, much more. They work on all makes and models, including high-mileage cars, and they offer a 24,000-mile two-year national warranty. Call EXO at 719-375-3232, not right now, or go online to exoautoworks.com to book your appointment today. Thanks, EXO. Thank you, indeed. I would just like to say um, I brought – they do fleet services. I brought the work van in. Da-da-da-da, super in and out. It was awesome. And I also learned how to do the uh, – reset the oil changey number thingy because on those, those – <laughs> Is that how they explain it? All right, we're going to take yeah. you to the reset the number thingy. Yeah, for your oil change. Well, you know they had they had to go get out the Chilton manual because it's one of those effed up uh, rape vans and. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did I tell you, I'm getting a bigger one soon. No. Oh my god! I, and no Bluetooth. That's going to suck a fat Ooh. dick. Does it have an aux? Yeah, but right. that. But that means I have to buy one of those. Another one of those cables that has the aux and the power thing. The problem with the one I did buy, which I left a really <laughs> shitty review on Amazon, it actually drains the phone more than it charges it. So I was like, uh, crap. It's what it is. Oh, yeah. Do you have one of the iPhones that no longer has a headphone jack? Oh, for you. Yeah. Forever okay, now. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Well, then you're like, well, get Bluetooth. You really should not be listening to headphones in your vehicle. While driving the highway and roads and things. Sure. You can get one of those um, cigarette lighter Bluetooth, like what I got in my car. Seriously considering doing the... Um, it Bluetooth and then turns it into the FM. All, the all FM, yeah. You just tune your radio to an empty station. And yep. Tune that thing to that empty station and you're good. The, the flip side is I, get to, I try to listen to a lot of weird AM stations. Yeah. Um, they've gotten worse. Yeah, in the last yeah. ten years. The fun thing with the, uh, the little Bluetooth FM thing is, every once in a while, you'll drive by somebody that's using one as well, and yeah, it's just a little more powerful. And it you can share <laughs> you can share some music, <laughs> share your playlist. It's a whole new way to share your playlist. What do we got coming up? Um, well, next week we have a pretty big get for a guest. 
and it's going to be Patreon only because YouTube won't allow you to even talk to this person. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will be interviewing former President Donald Trump. That is correct. On on Patreon and locals. Yep. So next week. if you're a member, you can listen to that. Uh, but even if you're not a member, feel free to send us questions that you might want to ask the Donald. Uh, <laughs> Donald. Uh, you Donald. Can, you can email those to us at mantoolsmedia at gmail.com or you can message any of our social media accounts, which of course we're at mantoolsmedia on all of those. Um, as always, you can find us at uh, you know the hub of everything Mantools, mantoolsmedia.com. And uh, you can get yourself some merch at uh, redbubble.com slash people slash mantoolsmedia. And like I said, get on Patreon or Locals. Uh, they're, either one is just five bucks a month. Uh, locals is cool. I dig it. I think if I was going to support a creator, I'd prefer to be on Locals because it's almost like a, it's like the bastard stepchild of Twitter and Patreon. <laughs> like there's a lot of free stuff from most creators, you know, cause they, it, it is like just a social media as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's the stuff that they want, you know, the subscribers to get. So um, but Patreon is at patreon.com slash mantoolsmedia, and then uh, for locals, it's at mantoolsminions.locals.com. Right. And either one is five bucks a month. And we put the same content on both. So. I really screwed up. We should get Cameron back. For what? For the uh, history quiz. Oh. <laughs> I fucked that up. He could have, he would have done great. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, I had, uh, I was trying to get four out of five with you, right? Oh. Do you want to do the history quiz? Let's uh, let's hold off for next week. All right. We'll do it this next. week was awesome. It was. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and of course, thank to all of you for hanging out with us and watching. Um, we'll do it off the air. I think I fixed the camera. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, all right. It, well, just, it needs to charge, and I didn't have the power supply plugged in because of troubleshooting the USB keyboard issue. So. Sure. It died. It died. <laughs> um. All right. Well, um, Mantools is also looking for a uh, technical um, uh, IT guy or gal or whatever. If you'll work for free, we'll if, hire uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Button pusher the, uh, person. The uh, hours are terrible, but the pay is awful. So <laughs> if you want to get in on that and make sure all this shit works, that'd be great. By all means. By all means. <laughs> We're kidding. We would never subject anyone to this horribleness. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. That's it from us. We'll see you next week.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.